Have you had your soup today? And the cold, crisp taste of Coke is so satisfying, it keeps me from eating something else that might really add those pounds. afternoon good evening wherever you are welcome to another episode of sheologians we're here today to put the her in her story good <laughs> you're welcome for that good. uh <laughs> i'm here with my beautiful co-host joy and joy i want you to know that if you were a dragon that had to die in order to save the human race i would not be the one that would be able to destroy you by piercing you in the heart whole human race yeah wasn't it the human race mm-hmm. in Dragonheart oh I cried like a baby the first time I saw that movie do you think it would be like a noble move for the dragon to just be like well yeah okay yes I know that you're noble so you'd let someone do it like you someone kill you do it? but I would not be the one I'd be like someone Wouldn't else take you this want, sword like, the street cred though the street cred of killing you of killing a dragon. But you're a kind dragon. Joy, if you were a dragon, if I was you'd a dragon, be a vegan be dragon. Awesome. <laughs> Number one. I'd like to be a dragon. I know. I think I'm okay with that. I know. But I just, I'm saying like, you know. But if I had to die. At the end of Dragonheart, he had to sacrifice himself. Right. I would not be the one to do it. I'd be like, someone okay. come get this sword. Was it a sword? Someone else. Yeah. Take care of it. Yes. I can't do it. Okay. I'd have to disappear and go somewhere else and say my goodbyes before I left. I'm so tired. No goodbyes. <laughs> I'm so tired. Like, I could no get goodbyes. emotional thinking about that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. I do that, too. Like, when you're really tired and you, um, <laughs> like, you're laughing really hard. Yeah. And then you're like, I could just cry for real right now. Yes. Like not tears of laughter. No. Like I could become I'm sad. So tired. Mid laugh. I could cry <laughs> right now. Yeah. Um, I think that's a very human thing. Uh-huh. That's where I'm at. If you haven't had that happen to you, then you're not living. <laughs> right. At least right. that's what I tell myself. Right. Anyway, you're right. I am Joy. Mm-hmm. Um and I'm here with my beautiful co host, Summer White. Summer. Yes. I love your kids. Oh, they're the best. <laughs> they are. My kids are why I'm so tired. Right. Of course. <laughs> like that's why. Like the night before I have to do anything. Like I have. I have like an. I have an interview late tonight. I'm going on someone right. else's show. Mm-hmm. We have to record two episodes today, so you can go on vacation. Right. Uh, so for the next two episodes, I'm going to be in that place that like, I'm so tired. I'm going to cry place. But anyway, like it always happens this way. The night before I have things to do mm-hmm. January, like who is normally a great sleeper right. every other night, every other night she goes to sleep. She goes so to easily. sleep at seven 30, wakes up at eight 30. I get all the sleep I need. But like the night before I have to be like on the ball. She's like, well, I'm just not going to sleep tonight and I'm going to be up for the day at five. <laughs> and I lay there and I think about how awful it is and how tired I am. <laughs> and if they weren't so great, yes, you would want to do something yes. else. Um, 
Yeah, I got to spend yes. some time with your kids. You gave me a weekend, weekend off. Um, and I have so many stories, but I'd really like to just share one. I'm excited to hear this story. I want to tell you guys that I got a picture of the girls in like the most fun looking blanket <laughs> fort of all time. Joy's like a way more fun mom than I am. I know they had such a good time. The The best thing about a fort is like the range of emotion that happens <laughs> with a fort. Right, right. Like they're upset when it falls down right. and then you fix it and it was so easy to fix and Magical they're just again. like, oh my gosh, it's awesome. And then it gets knocked down again, right. especially when you're dealing with a one-year-old. A, yes, <laughs> a young child like Janie and an older child like Clem. Yes. Um, but so Clementine was having me sing um, the I Am Moana Oh, yeah, reprise. yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And um, <laughs> so I changed the key a little bit just because then I can powerfully hit all the notes. Right. That the I Am Moana, right. that, that part in her right. range. Right. I can't, can't do that. Can't totally hit it. So Mm-mm. tweaked it a little bit. And so she's having me sing that song. Uh-huh. Um, like full yep. vocal talent. Yes. Um, <laughs> and she's running up and down right. the couch. Okay. Lip syncing. Of course. Yeah. She's not actually singing. Yep. She's just mouthing along while I sing. Right. So she makes me do this like nine to 55 <laughs> times. Uh-huh. And then at a certain point, she like stops and gets this concerned look on her face. And she goes, we need to take a break. My throat hurts. <laughs> uh-huh. And I was like, oh, it does, huh? <laughs> like she was, she has such a good imagination that like... Her lip the sinking. The damage of <laughs> singing at full strength 55 times. Pretending to sing. Right. Um, is she can painful. feel like it's her imagination so right. good that the repercussions of singing <laughs> that powerfully for so long actually were real right. for her. Right. I know but she anyway. was serious, too. Oh, like yeah. She meant it. No, she was like, <laughs> my throat hurts. We just need to take a break. Okay. <laughs> I was like, all right. Sounds <sighs> good. That's totally Clem. Though. That's so Clementine. Uh, sometimes at, at bedtime, she sings that song. Did you get to hear uh-huh. her version of that song? Yes. Because <laughs> we intense. sang it a lot more times than what I even right. just mentioned. Right. Um, and a lot of times she <laughs> would sing along with me. And then, of course, I like would try to like fade out so oh, that I could just hear here. her. Uh-huh. And the words... <laughs> They're just so great. Uh-huh. They're really they great. just come in a wonderful order. <laughs> they really do. <laughs> um, oh, man. Kids are the best. Luckily, uh-huh. Disney loves uh-huh. kids and uh-huh. uh, doesn't get mad at them for uh, tarnishing the original right. lyrics. Right now. It's, but, she's so imaginative. Yeah. But she's, oh. yeah. So it was a lot of fun. Well, my weekend off was a lot of fun. So right. Thanks for that. And I mm-hmm. hope you have a good break, too. Yeah. So, right, I'm so tired, I might cry. That's fine. Um, so today, <laughs> this, and you know what? What we're doing today was, like, I think it was our first idea when we it were was. like, what should we, what should we talk about? This was last summer, late last summer. We were like, what's a good, fun first episode? And we never did it. And now we're at episode 3005, and mm-hmm. we're finally... 
I'm gonna do this. Actually, you know what? Now that I think of it, mm. three thousand and five is how many times Clementine had me sing. <laughs> we don't exaggerate okay, here perfect. on Shield no, Legends. No, no, never. We're all about facts. That's an accurate <laughs> amount of times, and I believe that actually. So, um, not to be dramatic or anything, but today we are going to share with you our least favorite. Christianese words. Right. Like, here's a list of the words that if you hear them, um, run or laugh mm-hmm. or hand someone a Bible. Right. Just depending. Even if they just make you, like, perk up your ears a little bit. Uh-huh. Then you're probably then on to something. Good. Yeah. Yeah. You're probably on to something right. there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so <clears throat> that would definitely be the case with my first word. When you hear this word, and in... These are words that they're popular right now. I didn't necessarily go back and like, let's discuss the phrase, God doesn't give you more than you can handle, which is totally a typical Christianese Uh type, whatever. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about like, if you go on Twitter right now and get like a pulse, these are the words you're going to hear. And so one of my least favorite ones, and I could not figure out why for the longest time, uh, is broken. Okay. So this word is being used a lot right now in kind of like the femi- Christian feministy circles. And it's mm-hmm. talking about like taking your brokenness to God and this, this is broken and that is broken and we're all broken and we feel broken and it's broken, broken, broken over and over. Right. And I'm like, why does this rub me the wrong way? And then I realized it's because it is a euphemism for sin. Right. Like, uh, it, it's a replacement for sin. Mm-hmm. Like, if you if you check these, if you read these people's books that are overusing this word, if you read their right. Twitter feed, if you read whatever they're posting, you're never gonna see them use the word sin. Right. Like any bad situation that's happening, anything in your heart that you need to repent of, you're not repenting of sin. Mm-hmm. You're repenting of being broken. Right. Uh, and I just think we need to completely shun that because essentially it's like, let's find euphemisms and safer sounding words right. for sin because no one wants to use the word sin anymore. Yeah. Well, and there is, there's of course a thought process that goes on behind that contextual use of broken. Right. Um, and that would refer to... Um, it would refer less to sin and more to a person's um, like the result of sin right exactly right. Like so brokenness a is a result in it. Yes. and so there is this idea right. that we're all broken and victimized in some way um, mending the soul really comes to mind in this moment right um, it's very popular um, especially like you said amongst women groups to mm-hmm. embrace this idea that we're all broken we've all had things happen to us and those are the things we need to take to God right but you won't hear people taking uh, personal responsibility yes for their sin yes you just like you get this idea that you're a victim yes in all these situations when really it could just be you. Of course, Mm -hmm. it's not always you. And of course, the word broken is not always bad. Right. But we trust our audience here. And if Mm -hmm. you hear it in the context that we just used it in, then... Right. 
run. Right. And I, so I'm, I would just, I guess I would encourage people to be like leery if someone's never talking about sin. Right. And always just talking about brokenness to really take a look at those uh, presuppositions and what's built in there. Because I think in the in the scenarios I'm discussing, um, it is just a euphemism. It's not an accurate use of, of the word. It's a replacement for the word sin. Right. Um, and it refers to like trauma or wrong done against you. Mm-hmm. It's not referring to your place before right. the Lord, before a holy God, you right. humble before a holy God. That's right. not what it's in reference to. No, it's it's total lack of personal responsibility. So anyway, that's my first one. Broken. Broken. Watch out for that. Should, should I go? Yes. Let's take um, turns. Okay, so hopefully this is obvious, but okay. uh, my first one is go ahead and put your Bibles away. <laughs> Now, some of you are like, that's not really happening. Right. I haven't heard that one a lot. But it does happen. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's, I think it's because people are like, you won't need that thing. We have a, we have a big projector. We have a group of people coming to act out the Bible first for you. I don't know. Does this happen in like larger churches? Um, I would say that it would happen mostly in the youth group, youth ministry setting. Um, And the idea there is that like, oh, you don't want to read that boring book. I'll Uh, make it more fun for you. uh, Go ahead and put your Bibles away. You uh, won't need that thing. So uh, that's very obvious. But if you hear that, please, please just there's an issue. Yeah. Go ahead and put your Bibles away. Hmm. No, thanks. Uh, My second one is empowered. This is another buzzword I'm hearing a lot of, and it really bothers me uh, because it's about, it's all about like empowering others and whatever. And it bothers me because the idea is that like we as Christians can draw like power up from within ourselves Mm -hmm. and like be empowered when the message of the New Testament is that we're right, right. And the message of the New Testament is that we are weak and it's God who uh, uses our weakness for his purposes. And so I just feel like this word keeps getting thrown around. Like we need to empower people. I have never, you know, I have never thought to myself like, oh, I wish someone would just empower me <laughs> to like right. go do this thing. Right. Like, no. Um, exhort is right. a great word and a biblical one. Oh yes. my that's in the new testament <laughs> um but i would say that exhort is different right. as much as you i mean they're somewhat close but they're different they have a right. different meaning right absolutely uh one is the biblical concept that we use scripture and prayer uh to build one another up yeah uh and the other is that we need to like i don't know pull yourself up by your bootstraps or Someone's being oppressed, so we need to give them power. Let's right. share the power. Well, share the yeah, wealth. It infers that there's a lack of power, right? right. Like, or something's been, right. an action has taken place where there's, or maybe someone just doesn't think they're powerful. Like, right. like you said, the, there's an absence of power. Right. And so we need to replace that with share power. It around. And it's like, well, ultimately, the message of scripture is that we are weak and that God right. uses us in our weakness because that glorifies him. Um, and so empower is just this word that when I start hearing people use that a lot, it makes me kind of wary of 
uh, their idea of who we are in relationship to God right. uh, and what we should really be doing for each other because it's really not about us being powerful. If you're concerned no. about how powerful you are, then you're focusing um, in the wrong place because it's not about you, it's about God. Right. And God doesn't need to be empowered. He right. is all powerful. Right. So exactly. let's focus on that. Uh, so yeah, empowered. Ugh, it's just overused and gross. Yeah. Um, well, I'm glad that my next one hmm. is what it is because it goes along well with what, oh. what you said. So my uh, second buzz phrase okay <laughs> is uh speak into existence <laughs> which is very it sort of goes along with the whole little gods yeah theme like you are powerful speak life <laughs> yeah um the words you speak have meaning because um mm. you know when you pray for things god just gives you whatever you want right mm. whatever you ask for whatever you pray for he just gives it to you right i heard this a lot in the south Right. Like well, it's a very um, life and whatever. A very like prosperity yeah. gospel type thing. It really is. Like if you are not doing well financially or health wise, it's probably because you're speaking negativity. And I'm sorry, but it just, it should make your ears perk up because it's the same thing that a lot of new age people say. Like yes. if, if, if someone who is not, a believer mm -hmm. and I don't just mean someone as in one specific person I mean like if a group if an agenda if an ideology is using the same words as you and you fundamentally disagree with mm -hmm. that ideology if the Bible funda fundamentally disagrees with the Bible with that ideology then you should be careful mm -hmm. because there's no reasons for two mm -hmm. totally opposing right things to really be using the same right i think the underlying presupposition there is uh you know we're we're told a lot about how we should use our speech um right and the well yeah and there's tons of there's there are i mean so much in the bible about making requests known to god right praying right um all, I mean, it's right. there. It's totally there. Right. But, but I think, the, I think the presupposition here, especially when I was hearing it in the South, was that we can speak life in the way that God can. So, like, God right. spoke and there was life. Right. Oh, and because he did that, we can too. But that's not true because we aren't God. Um, so, yes, speech is important and how we speak affects others and it right, affects ourselves course, and all of those of things are true. But there's no mystical... Your words do not have, like, a mystical right. power. You will not be... You are God's not God. job is not to make you like him in the way that he is God. Right. Um, right. Of course, we're supposed to be sanctified, transformed into the image right. of the sun. Right. But that doesn't mean we can perform miracles and right. create life. Right. Um, again, maybe that was an accident that you <laughs> construed it that way. Right. But that's not what those kinds of things mean. Um so yeah, it's not his job to turn us into little gods that can right. restore life, bring people back to life, um, right. that can just pray and whatever we pray for comes back to us. It just, that doesn't Ridiculous. happen. No. There's a massive misunderstanding of the scripture there. Right. Okay, so my next one, Ugh, this is really... Mm. Uh, so you'll see people talking about leading from the margins or people just talking about the margins a lot. Mm -hmm. And what this is, is a reference to 
um, people, it's essentially references to people not like us, people who <laughs> hold to orthodox beliefs. Uh, the people in the margins are supposedly the people who are oppressed um, and they're outsiders. And typically when you see someone talking about the people in the margins, they're talking about, quote, LGBT Christians, mm-hmm. uh, female pastors, Things like that. Those right. are those are the margins. And um, Rachel Held Evans believes that the future of the church is going to be led from the people who are currently in the margins. So this is just another have and have nots uh, social Marxist theory bleeding into the quote church. I use that loosely. Um, and they just cannot. I mean, if you go look at like. Rachel Held Evans and Sarah Bessie and Jen Hatmaker, and they just can't stop talking about the margins um, and the people in the margins and this supposed oppression uh, from the establishment. So it's like empowering. Uh, they're empowering the people the marginalized the margins, um, to... Right, the people who are broken because of the establishment hurting them. And Where's that inscription? It's not, you know? And so I'm just so leery of the margins because, it, again, it, it really just does harken back to the have and have-nots of Marxism, this, like, constant divide that's being... Uh, put up in the church of people who want to view things through a cultural lens instead of a gospel lens. Right. And so, yeah, be leery of, be leery of the margins. And if the margins really is owned by, uh, quote, gay Christians and female pastors or whatever, then obviously be leery of that. Right. (laughs) Um, Well, and if anything, like it just, like we just recently talked about pragmatism, mm -hmm. it almost just sounds like a little pragmatic piece of advice. Like, I just think that would be awesome if you just led from the margins. <laughs> like, it's not anything other than just like, this is what I think would be cool. Right. It doesn't really mean a whole lot. But no. I'm just always, you know, I, I am always leery of, of that coming well, from certain people. If you believe that you're marginalized, empowerment, it has a lure right. to it. Like, right. there's, it is. I mean, and tons of people fall into this trap. Right. Like if if you feel powerless, if you believe that you're powerless in some way mm-hmm. and someone can offer you a mm-hmm. position of power or feeling of power, yep. then you are very likely to kind of chase after that or at least yep. will appeal to you. Yep. Even for a second. Right. Um, which is, <laughs> you can take my word for it. I used to be a feminist. Um <laughs> Okay, so my next thing is I have a word for you, slash (laughs) God told me. I mentioned in our episode with Jeff that we did on the occult that when I was in the South, um, I always, I was running into people all the time uh, who told me that God had a word for me. Right. And that was, that was, that was a thing. Yeah. I I remember so many times walking out of uh, Starbucks, walking out of a grocery store, someone would stop me and tell me they had a word for me or that God told them something to tell me. Right. And the funny thing about that is that that happened specifically in Georgia in the Bible Belt. And my whole life leading up to that, uh, you know, I lived on the West Coast mm-hmm. in Phoenix. And my I mean, seriously, starting when I was 12 or 13, uh, I'd get stopped in public and someone would tell me, 
that they had they had something to tell me. They had a word for right. me, and they wanted to talk to me about my aura. Oh, wait, I know what happened then. They opened the Bible and they read scripture nope, to you. Nope, nope. It was something with my aura or like my oh. chakra or I can't tell you. You know, I worked uh, in customer service. I worked with people for a long time, and customers would walk up to me. People would walk up to me when I was at work, and they would want to read my aura. And in the Bible Belt, they would want to tell me God had a word for me. Right. And these things are related for a reason. Right. Exactly. Because <laughs> neither of them and are rooted in scripture. Yeah. Well, and if God, speaking of scripture, if God wants to tell you something, he already did. Yep. He's not going to use nope. an, another person to tell you a no. weird thing about something, right. whatever it may be. We deny um, special revelation. Right. Like, if you're going to tell me something that God told you, it better be from scripture. Right. You better open your Bible and just read. From right. It and just be like, I wanted to read this for you. I feel like you. you needed to hear this verse right now. <laughs> I can see that you're very broken today. And you need to be empowered. You. <laughs> I can I can tell that you're feeling marginalized. Here's this empowering Bible verse. No, right. that's never happened. Right. Um. Okay, so my last one. Oh. Okay, all of these make my skin crawl. <laughs> um, my last one is the abuse of the idea of Jesus's table. So you'll hear a lot like, you're welcome at my table, come sit at my table, which just reminds me of high school. Um, <laughs> we shouldn't exclude people from the table. Yes, we should. On Wednesdays, we only wear pink. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, let's not exclude people from the table. You can come to the table, invite everyone to the table. You're welcome at my table. It's just this idea that basically when you hear someone talking about, well, this person's welcome at my table, what they're, what they're actually saying is that, uh, the rest of us who have a biblical standard of who, who does sit at the table. Right. Um, and the table, I would argue, uh, in the new Testament would be discussing the Lord's supper. Right. Um, which is absolutely exclusionary. Right. Now let's, I mean, to put that into perspective, mm -hmm. um, would an unbeliever be sitting in the Lord's, at the Lord's table? Well, that's the thing is, is that it's an abuse of, of the idea that, uh, Jesus ate with sinners. Right. Um, which is true, but that doesn't mean that Jesus approved of sin. Yeah. And if you think that you're Jesus in the story, <laughs> you've also got right, it wrong because right. you're actually the sinner. Right. Uh, who needs Jesus, right. <laughs> by the way? Right. Um, so it's this it's this idea that, well, because Jesus ate with sinners, that therefore there's no he's not he didn't exclude anyone. But that's right. not true because he told people to repent of their sin right. uh, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And um, Jesus did not approve of sin at any time. And so it's this uh, category error uh, ca category error of uh, what is it to be hospitable? And right. what does it mean to actually be at the Lord's table? So the Lord's Supper is only for those uh, right. who are in Christ, I would argue, have been baptized. Um, and we're told that those who are not in Christ and, and partake in the Lord's Supper eat and drink judgment right um so it's not at all this like everyone just come have a feast with jesus right um and that's a completely separate topic than we are to be hospitable and kind and that's completely We're different not talking about like but your personal dinner table that you bought at ikea right at home come to that table whatever invite right. your neighbors doesn't matter <laughs> go that's not the table we're talking no about. it's not the table we're talking about so anyway that one just drives me up the wall that's my last one. 
Mm-hmm. I have one last one. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if everyone's going to like it. Oh, I can't wait to hear this. There's one specific person who I know is not going to like it. But okay. I know listens to this. Okay. But I'm not going to tell you guys who. Okay. <laughs> um, You guys know this one. You guys all hate it, too, hopefully. Oh. Preach the gospel. Use words if necessary. Uh, now, okay. This is a very clever uh-huh. little line. Mm-hmm. And when I say clever, I mean that it was clever when it first came out. Okay. Now it's been In used so much. In one specific context, it's clever. I mean, like, it's easy to remember. Okay. It's a thing that people say. And you know what I mean? By mm-hmm. clever, I mean that I don't actually condone its intelligence. I just mean that, like, it was a fun little Christian thing that people said People still say it, but when it first came out, it was like, oh my gosh, isn't that so cool? Like, can you imagine? I don't know. Um, So, even just, I don't even want to get to like a language study here, but the definition of preaching the gospel would be... Opening your mouth and speaking. (laughs) Okay. So... Also, I want you guys for a moment to just think about how you heard the gospel. Was right. someone talking? Right. Um, are we commanded? Of course. Of course, God changes hearts. Yes. Um, it is not as though they're these magical words. You're, you've not been uh, given these these magical words from God to change people's hearts. Because remember... From earlier, you're not God. Right. Um, Don't forget that part, <laughs> please. Uh, so what this kind of was supposed to mean, it's again, it's a category error. Right. Um, your testimony. Your life and your actions. And that being, yes, that being um, glorifying to God. Right. And a testament to God's goodness and... His grace, of right. course. Yes. The um, Your testimony shows the gospel. Yes. But it's not the equivalent right. or synonymous right. to the gospel. Right. Um, the gospel is different than your testimony. Yes. So I understand. I'm not trying to imply or infer any meaning into this statement that's not there. I totally get what people were trying to say. And some people may have used it without, with all the good intentions in the world. Right. But it's really not a weight. I would say it's, I don't even care so much that people have said it mm-hmm. as much as they've lived their life that way. Right. That's the problem. Right. Like, obviously the actions that come after these words. Right. Are what our complaint is with. Right. You know. Right. Um, because so, it has, I think it's been misunderstood because you're right. right in saying it is true to say that your life should reflect the gospel. Your life should show right. that the gospel is mm-hmm. real and a part of your life. Right. And, and but the point, the the truth is, there's no gospel without the word of God. Right. We wouldn't have it. That's With how my, God chose to sh- to to give the gospel right. was through the written word, and that's how we're supposed to as well. Yeah. Well, and like, how can I show all? the parts of the gospel with just my behavior. Like how can I show that I'm a filthy, like if I'm standing before someone, do I like mime out that I'm a dirty wretch before God, like without his grace? Like how do I, you can't, 
maybe I should start a vlog that way everyone can see like my everyday behavior and then that will I don't know (laughs) basically just because other people see you being good right does not mean they will know the gospel know the gospel because it's just never been given any way other than in writing through the word yes so it just hasn't (laughs) ever happened that way I'm with you Cool. I'm totally, I'm totally with you. Uh, I've never, um, no one's ever actually told me to do that, but I think I would be upset if someone tried to tell me to do that. It is, it's cringy. And I've had people say it to me and I've never, I've never, I haven't said like, Ugh, Ugh, get away. Idiot. <laughs> right. Idiot. Like, right. I think plenty we of well-meaning people right. say it, um, but it just, it's not the same thing. It's not a true statement. No. If you hear someone saying it over and over again, right, and they are living their life that way, just don't. Okay, so you have our feminist of the week this week. I do. Um, so our feminist of the week. I'm excited. Just so you guys know, she doesn't like. I don't know who this is. So right. this is the first time I'm getting to hear this too. Okay. Um, and it's funny because we were both kind of when I thought about having this be our feminist of the week, you posted this. Oh. So it was like a weird. What did I post? Um, I don't remember. Having the same brain type of okay. moment for us, which happens a lot frequently. Uh-huh. Um, so our feminist of the week is anyone with a coat hanger tattoo in honor of abortions. <laughs> yes. Right. Yes, I saw that. I think I think it was BuzzFeed had a yeah. whole list of mm-hmm. um, people who are awesome feminists because they have tattoos. That celebrate abortion. Right. Some of them are very simple little Mm -hmm. coat hanger outlines. Some of them are like in plaques and have wreaths and like all this filigree around them. Um, And I just really hope, and I mean this in the most righteous way possible, I just cannot wait for abortion to be illegal. Illegal. And Mm -hmm. for you to... Mm -hmm. um, Come to the saving knowledge of Christ. Yes. To realize that it's murder and yes. to regret that and find a cover up yes. artist. Yes. Um, <laughs> anyway, because I trust that that will happen. It's really disgusting. It was um, really disturbing to see those. Yeah. yeah um, I pulled a quote from one girl that explained why she got hers. Oh. I got this four years ago to represent all of the people who have lost their lives due to unsafe and unregulated abortions, which is a lot of people, just so you know. Um, every abortion, but even in unsafe and unregulated ones, mm-hmm. um, someone loses a life 100% mm-hmm. of the time. Um, and as a symbol for how important it is that we keep abortion safe, regulated, and legal in this country, the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, so abortions are never safe. Never safe. Um, 100% of the time, there is a fatality. 100% of the time. Um, well, unless and the unless, unless a work, miracle happens right, and, the baby, and the baby survives, yes, praise God, right? Um, but for the most part, um, right? And I mean, I'm sorry. It just I have so many arguments for what she just even said, but she's not in front of me right now. So it's I'm so really disturbing. just going to chastise her for putting on her body right. forever that the celebration of murder, right? It's really, these kinds of things just highlight Romans 1, like the complete giving over of the mind to depravity. Um, Well, and it just, like, it's just, um, I mean, 
just consider that like that's how murders are done with crude mm -hmm. weapons mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. found used against another person mm -hmm. is there a difference between a coat hanger and a medical instrument right right and you know what you know what um, at the women's march I talked to this uh, gay Mormon for like 45 minutes um, before his father got so mad at me that uh like got angry and was like threatening me and stuff. And anyway, oh yeah, that guy. Um, it got to the point where, uh, at the end of our, I don't know, after 20, 25 minutes of talking to him, uh, he said, "You know what? Like, I really don't think we can be sure whether or not like a fetus is a human being." And I was like, "Well, if we're gonna be pragmatic about this, right? If you aren't sure, right?" If you if you're saying there's a chance that this could be a human right. being, why would you advocate for for murder? So it's like it's like even in this kind of like darkened mind that can't think through things clearly, right. even you even them from a pragmatic point can say, well, I'm not really sure. You you can't really be sure of anything if you reject God right. number one. But if you're not really sure, I mean, this is a bad argument. But if you're not really sure, then why would you still say it's okay? Why would you celebrate it? Like I just don't. No, I, you wouldn't. And if it's supposed you to be would safe, always err on the side of not of killing human, someone, of it being human, <laughs> right. and you. Well, and that not doing that is still punishable. I, there's someone that has a story about their surgeon friend, who a man came in with an arrow sticking out of his chest uh, into the hospital, arrow sticking out of his chest, and died later. And the story was that him and his friend were out bow hunting. And his friend accidentally shot him because he thought he was an animal. And he was charged legally mm. because he didn't err on the side of it being a human. Right. He wasn't protecting or taking action in interest of human life. Right. And so he was still charged. And right. we're not going to get into whether that's okay or we agree with whatever. Right. Um, but the point is, is that if there was a chance, mm. if there's a chance that it's a human... Right. And you shouldn't. Right. <laughs> but it's a bad argument anyway. Right. I'm um, just so relieved that we have like a standard. I can't even imagine trying to like keep my life and my beliefs straight without scripture. Right. Because it's just so, it's such a mess. Right. And it's so all over the place that it's just such a relief to like have scripture to depend on right. for these things. Right. Um, so anyway, Feminist of the Week. Wow. Gross. Um, yep. Okay. You guys. And we, okay, so I'm going to say, oh. I, there's one last thing I want to say. Yes. Um, in my research of people with coat hanger tattoos in honor of abortions, some people who are fashion designers or love clothes also have coat hanger tattoos. <laughs> this was not directed towards you, though. <laughs> right. People might misinterpret you. Just so you know. Whether or not you're a completely evil person right. or not. Just so you know. <laughs> Wanted to make that clear. Um, okay, so we need your help. Dear listeners, um, I am going to push this at the end of this episode. I'm going to remind you again in our next episode. Although, honestly, by the time our next episode is out, this contest might be over. But we're doing a contest. Um, I have Sheologian swag. I've got a t-shirt and a book and probably something signed by Clementine. Um, for the first person that can get me the full and complete list of every her in or she in that we've used at the beginning of all of our episodes. 
because here's the deal. I need to know. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting to the point where I'm like, yeah. have I used this word well, yet? Well, it's our 3,000th uh, and 5th episode. Right. So. And so I need a That's list. a lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> so the first person who can get me a list of all the she's and hers that we've used at the beginning of our episodes is getting Sheologian swag. Um, you can submit it to, I don't even care. You can send us a message on Facebook. You can email us through the contact page. Uh, at sheologians.com and it doesn't matter either way uh, we'll determine who the first person is via the timestamp and the date yeah. so don't worry about that um, but whoever you are if you do that then um, yeah I'll send you I'll send you some stuff and mm-hmm. then I will finally not wonder every time I open an episode have I used this word before right. Well, in a lot of them, you guys, we have written down, but right. some of them we don't. So right. we really it's just, not just... A complete. I need a complete list. Right. So and we're willing to. I'm willing to give you stuff for mm-hmm. it. <laughs> and some of the swag is just, it's from people that we've had on the show. Yes. Like amazing, amazing yes. guests too. Yes. So the swag is going to be worth it. I really. promise I will make it worth your time. Yeah. Um, so yeah, get on that and we will see you next week. Yeah. Let me shoot across the Let me shoot.